as a painter, I feel like it's two sides to one coin, you know? What what I do with uh, light and movement and color is what musicians do with tone and rhythm and, and, and melody. Today, I am pleased to say I have a guest whom I've known of for a little time since I've been here in Japan, but we've never met. She thought that she'd met me, and then when we started talking, I realized that we hadn't met, but were kindred spirits, I believe, in a certain way. And I should give you a warning ahead of time. We might have a little potty mouth language in here, only because Tracy hangs around a lot of musicians, so she warned me, so I'm warning you. So if you're used to watching these podcasts with your children, you might want to <laughs> Be careful. I'm going to really, try and behave myself. That's right. This isn't really for children anyway. So let's meet my guest this morning, Tracy. Tracy, it is a pleasure to meet you for the first time. Yeah, it's amazing to me that after all these years, this right. would be the first time we've met. That's just it is. so strange. But I know you're the type of person that makes everyone feel welcome, so you wanted so hard to make me believe that we met uh, well, each other. Well, in my mind, we had met. Maybe yeah. it's because, you know, I've seen you on Facebook so much and stuff, like, it feels like we've met. That's right. Social media can do that to you, too. That's true, that's you true, because you'll see what they're posting, you say, yeah, and that's very intimate sometimes, what you think. Like the pictures you posted of yourself. <laughs> it can be. And we're, we're talking about of her being when she was a little girl. That's what I'm talking about. And you'll have to go through her, become her friend in order to find out what I know. <laughs> anyway, Tracy, where were you born? I was born in California, uh, Manteca, actually, which is this tiny little farming town. My grandparents had a small hobby, like, small farm there. Um, so my grandpa worked on the railroad and, and then they had their small farm. Um, do you have siblings? I do. I have a younger brother and sister who are twins, um, who look nothing alike. How many, how many years difference? Uh, they're like three plus a little years younger than me, so three years younger okay, than me. Okay, so you weren't too bad. Were you guys close growing up? No, you know, yeah, we had a very close family. Okay. Um, we moved around a lot, which maybe that that kind of helps because you spend a lot of time playing with your little brother and sister if you're not like. Like if every couple years you're moving, so you have to make new friends and stuff. So why was that? Your father was in the military. Uh, every time he got a promotion um, in business, they would move him to a different region. So it was mostly it was due to his his business, and mm -hmm. you know he was doing well, so they kept moving him. So uh, how are mom and dad now? Are they doing okay now? Unfortunately, my 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 mom just passed during COVID. COVID, the, not from COVID. COVID was our, we, we lost all of the key female women in our family during that time. Um, Who would be? My my aunt, my mom's sister, my grandma, and then my mom. Um, your grandma, your mother's mother? Uh, actually, my dad's mother. Okay. My, my mom's mother had passed a while ago. Your father and mother stayed together the whole time? Yeah, yeah, so they, yeah, and it was really, and she had a debilitating, like, neural disease, so he had really spent years taking care of her of the, you know, toward, like, in the last, like, I don't know, probably five years, it was almost 24-7 of, of caring for her, and mm -hmm. so, but I was just so grateful that I would, she, it was like she held on until I could get home, because, like, the lockdowns, we couldn't leave during that first year, or they wouldn't have let us back in. 
And I mean, if it was like super, super, I had to go, I would have gone. But like, you know, my then that would have left my business partner without me here to help run, run the business. So it, the whole thing was such a mess. But so I was so grateful that that I was able to get out. So I got out and went home for like almost three months to for her hospice and to help my dad after that. Mm -hmm organize everything and was she passed away while you were there yeah thankfully yes I was able to spend like the last I guess six weeks with her to help with her hospice I don't know how my dad did it by himself honestly it was like it was so intense and so hard and I wasn't even there for that long of it you know what's your brother and sister well I mean they, my brother is based in Houston so he came out he was able to come out a couple of times but you know he's got three kids and a job, and so it's hard. And and my sister works, and so you know she was she's there as much as she can to help. But it's different than like I was just there, living there, and so I can work from my laptop on most things. So but I could just dedicate like that time. Whereas other you know my brother and sister just Couldn't don't have the the time or the ability to do. And you were there so. for three months? almost years? three months. Yeah, three months. Yeah. Because, okay. like, after then, it was, like, packing up my mom's stuff. You know, I couldn't leave my dad to do that. You know, that was just heartbreaking. So, you know, it was just too... And so I just said, like, extended my trip and just stayed. Mm -hmm. And luckily, my business partner has... We moved to the cow to the uh, a quite small, scaled-down location. So he runs the operations with just, like, one staff and him. And so they're able to do that like well there's a few staff but you know one staff at a time mm -hmm. um, and and so he could pretty much hold down the fort and allow me to be able to do that mm -hmm. so I feel okay. so grateful yeah. that you know I was able to spend that time right. yes. you know that's interesting so let's get back into you that's sad to hear about your mother though and lucky like you said that you're able to go back and least yeah. to have closure, I guess. Yes. Well, and just that time is so yeah. precious. It is. It you is. You know, it like is. to just to be able to spend that time, even if it was so hard, it's still so precious. That's you true. Know? That's true. And my dad's doing great, so that's you know, like that's such a relief that he's able to sort of. It's it, you know, every, we we all miss her so so much, but at the same time, he's. After taking care of her for so many years, it's also he gets to do some things he wasn't able to do before. So he's doing the best that he can with that that, that time now. I see. You know. I see. So anyway, so not okay. that to go down. No, some listen. <laughs> no, I hear. I hear. I understand that. I, I was fortunate enough to be with my father before he passed. I was with him for 80 hours, and he was in the hospital. And my father couldn't speak because they had a tube in his mouth and one in oh his nose, and, but he could. He was coherent. So the first thing he wrote to me when we got there on a piece of paper was, stay with me. And I said, Dad, I didn't come from the other side of the planet to leave you. Yeah. <laughs> what were you like as a little girl? Were you more sports-minded or were you more physical? Oh, um, I, I'm not a sporty, I'm not Sporty Spice at all. Okay. I, I Princess Tracy. That's you know, all the so way like, through. So, but I was like, showing horses was my thing. So I, since my grandfather on the farm, like by the time I could walk, I was on a pony. Okay. You know, so that was my great love. That was the only sport I was good at, my great love. So I always, like, spent, like, tons of time training with the horses and stuff. But you did, did you do Western style? I'm thinking you I did, did both. because I did You both. did both? Yeah. Because California, I was thinking, in that area, because 
horses are so prevalent. Yeah. You have so many. Well, Grandpa yeah. was only Western. He was That's a cowboy. He was and an he, old and cowboy. And he quarter horses, didn't he? he had yeah. A bunch of quarter yeah. horses. That's what I thought. Well, he had more muddy horses. Stallions, he, everything, muddy horses. Okay. Yeah. My, but I had a quarter horse when okay. I got old enough to get my own horse, That like a horse, not a pony. Right. So then I had a quarter horse. But okay. um, yeah, so that was, but I was always, uh, we played art school. Like my little brother and sister was like, if you want me to play with you, we're going to play art school. Like, okay. okay. All right. That's so what you did. I had my dad's old briefcase and with the colored papers and the different crayons and the pencils and the watercolors. Well, you'd be and the teacher? I'd be the teacher and they'd be the student. So, so that was like... So yeah, I've always been... Because I'm a painter by trade and training. Okay. Yeah. All right. Never so actually worked at a restaurant before. So you knew this from a little girl all the way out? Yeah, that was it. That was it, pretty much. I mean... I mean, fashion design, like, was very tempting because I love clothes. Um, but I ended up going to UC Santa Barbara because I wanted a full, well run. I also love science. Um, so I wanted all the stuff, all the fun stuff. So my dad's like, two majors only. I'm not paying for you to go to school for the rest of your life. And I'm like, but I want to go to school for the rest of my life. He's like, no, you will graduate and get a job someday. And I'm like, Hmm, I have sex successfully avoided that. <laughs> <laughs> never getting the job somewhere. I've never had you a job. You just run your business. Yes, I've, I, I'm very independent-minded. Um, so. so tell me, when you were in high school, when did it start? Did you think in high school you had to start thinking? Because first of all, girls are starting to change. You reach puberty and everything else. You get high school. So life looks different. What did you start to find that was different in you? You knew you still liked art. Did you ever play any instruments or anything? No, music, uh, unfortunately, I love to be the audience of music, but I don't have any musical talent myself. As a painter, I feel like it's two sides to one coin. You know, what, what I do with uh, light and movement and color is what musicians do with tone and rhythm and, and, and melody, right? So. We're, we're interpreting basically what artists and musicians and an athlete making a three-point basketball shot. When you're in that zone where you're touching this higher spiritual whole realm, um, where all the everything in the universe and the energy is connected, and we have all information offered to us as that allowing state, we're like musicians are interpreting that energy through their instruments where and and for me it's through the the color and the and the paint and the pigment um so and w that like whoever we are have chosen to be in this lifetime is like i feel like it's it's through that instrument whatever that instrument is we we, we can find that way to bring this you know, higher level of energy and, and spirituality into anything we do when done with that, you know, connection. Right. When you're painting, energy. do you have any particular medium that you like, like acrylic versus chalk versus crayon? I mean, do you have anything yeah, that you I like? actually developed... Or mud? It Sometimes, when I, I was a kid, I know. when I was a kid... <laughs> you making mud <laughs> mud, mud, mud cakes with the horses, yeah, that was... A, um, <laughs> well, I, I developed... It took me about 15 years to develop my own technique that's very mixed medium um, because my second degree was in religious philosophy and I studied Buddhism, Shinto, and Taoism as my focus. Who were you raised as? Uh, n not. Okay. Was your father My dad's spiritual? like, 
my mom was um, in later life when I I was very focused on Buddhism, and she became a Tibetan Buddhist and was very involved in the Tibetan Buddhist community. Uh, my dad is agnostic on a good day. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right, okay. I hear, I hear. So, but I mean, mostly believing and caring for people is the highest kind of principle. Okay. Um, so, so back to your mediums. The mediums yeah. So so anyway, for me, like I don't. I don't believe in, in, in death. Like, I think the energy is, is it, you know, as it says, energy through the laws of physics, Never you can't destroy right. energy. Right. So uh, I think we change, like, energy changes forms, but things are this beautiful energy that is like, so when I find like a dead butterfly, it's still beautiful, or a dragonfly and the flowers from my garden. So I found a way to put, everything in my paintings was once alive. You took you 15 years to do this. Yeah, well, because it's not easy to get dead shit into paintings. Is and that what keep you're doing? You're there. Getting, is that like, what you're doing? <laughs> Your medium right now is dead shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it has been for a long time, actually. But now it's probably what like you really yeah, 20 years now. Such as? Okay, talk to me. Um, well, okay, it's usually like flower because I love flowers so much and I love my garden. It's like my sanctuary. So, like, I take flowers from my garden. Um, or when somebody gives me uh, a you know flower a bouquet of flowers and it's for something special and there's a memory like I got a bouquet of flowers from as a thank you for giving the eulogy at my my friend's funeral who died way too young and from his wife sent me these lilies um, and so I put those into a painting to memorialize that moment of, you know and and then I did so I did one painting for him. And one painting with those flowers, and and also he, like he loves those horn-nosed beetles. So you know, I found one in front of my door that was dead. I think they were spraying for that dengue fever and didn't tell anybody, right? So so I found like horn-nosed beetles for the first time ever. But usually I can find some butterflies and dragonflies and beetles, like other kinds of beetles and things like that, with the flowers and to make like so it's this feeling of like they. There's still a lot, like, you can still appreciate that that life force may have changed, but there's still a life force there. It's like in Shinto, with the, like, everything has, like, an iki. You know, every, every molecule, we're all molecules. We're all stardust. Wasn't it Carl Sagan who said that? You know, we're, we're just all stardust, finally. And, like, at all, like, these molecules were sharing all of this. We just don't realize nothing is actually solid. It's, you know, the real thing is like the space between the atoms that's holding it together, that energy, right? And it's crazy, like, but I no, love it. So No, what they say is they say, actually, physically, I should be able to take my hand and go through this. Since exactly. My, since my hand, but this is moving, wait, my hand, the molecules in my hand are moving faster than the ones here, so actually, I should be able to go through, but what if stops can, it is I'm not able to break the illusion in my mind. Exactly. If you can match, if you can match your energy, I spent That's a true. lot of time around the Tibetan lamas, okay. and this is something I innately knew from the time I was like as early as I can remember. So this was possible. Yeah, I remember like laying when I was like six years old and laying in my grandparents' clover field, the cow field, and I just like spent hours. I was a good kid until I got to be about a teenager. But, and spend like hours staring at this clover flower and going like, I know I have the ability to change the molecular structure of this flower to be anything I want. I just can't remember how to do it. 
And if I sit here long enough and stare at it long enough, maybe I can remember, right? So I was just- a little girl, as a little girl. Yeah, so I just kind of, that's what put me on that path to like the always wanting to discover like more deeper levels in how we can do this if we, if we're, we would let drop the blocks in our mind to allow our energy to match. Mm -hmm. you know? And stop putting it off the fluke. I can share this with you, Tracy. I think all of, we know that all of us are senders and receivers, ESP. Yes. And we, we can decide to either ignore it or develop it. Some of us develop more our receiving, some of us develop more of our sending, some of us develop both. Now I'm good at both, and I know that. But what happens is sometimes you can hear things you don't want to hear and pick up messages from people. I'm uh. No, I'm saying from people, because if they're arguing and having a bad time, I didn't realize how much I was being affected until we were in a place, my wife and I were in an apartment building that had people in there that were arguing all the time, but I didn't notice it. When they left, I felt so peaceful. Right, the energy, that energy like- That, that negative energy was gone. It's hard, I think that's a hard thing that kind of keeps us locked into a more physical reality as well, is like dealing with the, the energy like that, that just, presents itself on a daily basis. You have to be really, the llamas are amazing. Like they're trained, they still get affected by it, believe yes, me, but just less than us who I don't mean, train like every right. single day really a lot. And allow too much coming in. Yeah, to, to, to so be able true. to shield. One of our family Tai Chi teacher had said like, put like, cause I used to get the Chikons on the train like every day. And he's like, and so I was- The Chikans. See, Chikans. What's the Chikans? Oh, the Chikans. Oh, the Chikans. <laughs> yeah, chikan. the you bottom gropers. You guys would see your bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. so he said, um, imagine yourself coated by Teflon. And so like the good energy can still come in, but the, the bad yeah, energy the slips back off back to them. And it's time. Right? And it's so weird. I'm like, that's way too easy, right? And he's like, well, just try it. It actually worked. But I, the only thing I noticed was for sure on the days where I would like if I had a fight with my husband or something and my energy level was really low, boom, I couldn't, you I didn't have the yourself. energy to keep, to, to redirect right. the energy. It right. would, and they know it, that the energy vampires can sense it, right? And they, like the chikans would come back, so. I like to call that vibration. When you learn to, to change your vibration, and I think that you can use different terminologies, yeah. but it's all the same thing. I think you learn to vibrate a certain way. Yes. And if you do, it attracts what you want it to. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, similar vibrations which are attracted to each other. And I think that's so nice. So college, what was it like for you in college? Well, <laughs> why'd you start? I went to UC Santa Barbara. I was, yeah, there were a lot of parties, let's put it that way. <laughs> did you make it out okay? I did, you did, I did. You did four years, you were done good? No, no. No, no, come five on. And oh, half, five and a half. But I did you, have two degrees. Because you wanted to stay. I did, you went, yeah, I do. Degree. I was not, you there didn't was get a beach out. on campus. <laughs> you didn't want to leave. I did not want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, I loved it. Um, but uh, I did. I did end up with two degrees, so that, that I can. I use that as the, my. Give me the degrees. Yeah. What, what the, well, art, fine art arts, and, and then uh, religious studies. And I'm like, Dad, ain't nobody giving me a job with an art degree and a religious studies and degree you knew anyway. That. You, you know? knew that. I knew that. I knew that. So, so let anyway. me stay in school. I know. <laughs> could just become an academic. <laughs> How old were you when you decided to leave? What, what, had you ever been to Japan before? What brought no, your interest into coming no. here? How did that happen? Um, 
Well, when I was a kid, my grandfather was in Japan during the occupation of World War II, and he had made really good friends in Japan, uh, and they had invited him to join their business and stay. But he was, you know, like immigrant Italian family, had a little, you know, kind of very like farmer class. Did not in night that what nineteen forty five. That's when the world war yeah, ended. Yeah, that that having the mindset to move your family and my dad was just born while he was gone, and mm. having the mindset of a like poor immigrant farmer to move your family to, the to the Japan right. after the second. So, but I could tell that he always regretted it oh. somehow, um, and because he talked with. He always talked about Japan a lot, and and with a great deal of love and respect, and a bit of regret. You know what I mean? So I think growing up, and and I adored my grandfather more than anything in the world, right? So I think growing up, um, I always had such a strong impression of Japanese people, you know, being so just kind and and respectable people and and honorable. You Did know? you have any friends like that growing up? Any Japanese friends? No, well, you know, I, I didn't. We we kind of lived a very suburby yeah, kind of thing, and they're just, it was very white bread. Okay, yeah. so they weren't so there, nobody was yeah, there. Yeah, like, like when, and we, we moved to Virginia for, we were in Ohio and Virginia, and for so. For how long? Oh, Jesus, it was like six years, like, it seemed like forever. <laughs> Ohio was. I'm sorry wait, to anybody from okay, Ohio, no, no, but, but oh but my god, I remember being there as a kid and going, how old were you? Why yeah. would anybody move here? It's so cold. Oh, the, you know, but the weather. Okay. I don't do. Right. I don't do cold. Don't go, no, not from I'm California. Stuck, it's I hard. Do not do cold. Um, so, but <laughs> there, there were only like I think there was in my whole school there. There was like one Filipino girl. And there were okay. like no Everybody's Mexicans, no, no nobody, there, nobody else. There were white. white people and black people. people the, and oh, there were some black kids there. It was Virginia. Oh, you mean in Virginia? I'm yeah. talking about oh, California. Oh, in California. Okay. No, and my when we moved back to California, I honestly when we left when I was like we'd moved back and forth, but I don't remember. You know, it's before I even noticed things like that. Okay, I hear you. You know what okay, I mean? But you were in like, your world. You so were in your by world. the time I was like when when yeah, so. When I moved back to California, my school was like super, you know, the the white neighbor. Like, okay, okay. Yeah, it, there was like one black kid and mm. I think maybe two Chinese kids. Right, right. And that right, was right, it. Right, right. I hear Yeah. So, and, and I did not like that. Right. I thought it was so limiting to one's world and cultural views. It's what we do as human beings. I don't know. The older I get, the more I realize. And see, it's interesting, in California, you would think that we're more liberal when we're not. The South is, because they've had a history of that, and they realize how it affects everyone, so they really do try to integrate a lot in the South. I don't know. My you time in this? Virginia was well, super they tell you racist. Areas. Well, they tell you the areas. The thing is, they're yeah. just verbal about it. California, right. they're quiet about it. I didn't, but I didn't feel like that that was necessarily, like, I don't think... It wasn't like anybody was keeping anybody out. It's just they, they, they didn't now. To be there, yeah, you right. go now, which is a long time since I graduated. Okay. Now it's 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 very mixed. Yeah. Oh sure. sure it sure, just sure. what you know that that many years ago it just wasn't. You know, you know what I think that's helping to foster a lot of this get gathering together and realizing how similar we are and stuff. Information. 
Oh, absolutely. It took forever. I grew up at a time, and you wouldn't know this time, <laughs> where we had... <laughs> But we had to write letters to each other. No, don't, I'm not going to say nothing. We had, we had to write letters. <laughs> and it took sometimes two or three weeks before you'd even receive an yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the only, we, we had three television stations. Uh -oh, and and you only get your, <laughs> your news from what they tell you to tell. And the, and the news anchor wasn't a celebrity. They yeah. just gave you the news. Yeah, and they, some of them actually did journalism. That's right. <laughs> And told the truth, even. And you only and got it. work to find the truth. Right. I think you only got it three times a day. I think you had the well, maybe morning. Six o'clock news. Six o'clock news. And that and was it. Eleven o'clock news. Eleven o'clock news. Yeah. You only had it twice a day, maybe. And that was it. Yeah. And only for that time. And they didn't make it, they wouldn't dramatize anything. They would just give you the news. And then <sighs> you were done. And, the, and their job was to find, to actually fight against government corruption and, and, and dig into that stuff, not it support way, it, right. you right. know? Right. But then well, again, at my time, information came so slow, so you wouldn't know. Yeah. If somebody, if, if one town, or let's say a state had chicken pox, by the time you heard about it, it was over. <laughs> it was over. Well, they used to put us in the room with the other kids with chicken pox, so we'd That's all right. get it one time and this get it over with. This is always done, yeah. get over with. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So you enjoy school, I can tell. You enjoy the art part of it. You enjoy going through that. What was your first job when you came out of college? <coughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, I moved straight to Japan. Now, what made that happen? Right. So, I just I all my friends, my roommates, and they're in college. They they wanted to do their like you know that time the life discovery time between college and real life you okay. know where you, you graduated okay. and you take a year or two okay. and do right. your thing and then you're going to come back and start real life kind of thing so they all went to europe and i'm like well i wasn't really interested europe's not changing that much to me uh, philosophically you know the asian philosophy was more to my sort of like philosophical ideas and spiritual ideas i just and asia was changing so fast at the time I just felt like that, and my grandfather, so I just felt like that was, and, and I like, I really, I'm not, like, I hate camping. You're um, not a camper. Yeah, so I, the, going to the countries that weren't developed was not going to work well for me. I needed to be in a developed country. So all those things led to, pointed to Japan, right? So I just, you know, I asked for graduation for a one-way ticket and $500, I'm like, well, that was gone in two weeks. I should have asked for a lot more. But <laughs> so I got a job at a hostess club, um, and that did you come to Tokyo or did you go? No, I first went to Osaka. Osaka. Because okay. I had, yeah. I did have a couple of friends who'd gone ahead, like, and lived in Osaka. So at least I knew like two people, you know, three people. Um, so yeah. So but that was kind of, you know, I didn't have a visa. I didn't speak Japanese. But was it, that, was that the first time in the hostess club where you met a Chicago? Oh no, actually, <laughs> they were actually nice. that was if you if it's not what people think. I know. Yeah, so know. it wasn't the 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 sleazier clubs. Yeah, they're like that. But if you worked at a reasonable club, it was just like I think it was more of psychological difficulty because you had a lot of the, the, the guys who would come to the clubs were like the World War II generation and still had a real chip on their shoulder. So they, they some of them could be quite mean towards the American because it made them feel like big guys to be like mean because they, you know, because 
they have this like love hate relationship with who is America, and that now they have like a girl who's working here, and they were allowed to like be abusive to if the, you know. So sometimes you just get those kind of asshole guys, you know. So, but overall, I mean, it was a really interesting life experience. Um, it was bizarre. Is, is that when you decided you were going to... Let me ask you this. Do you plan on being here indefinitely? Or no. Do? Oh, my God. I still, like, super, super thought I'd be here for, like, two years and then totally go back. Okay. Yeah. No, never thought I would stay. And you did. Is that how you feel now? Do you, do you still think you want to go back or do you want to stay so here? Or do you want... Wow, I know so earlier, weird. I can share with everyone earlier that you were saying, I want to find another island that I can move to. Yeah, so I can my have goal an is a tropical... A tropical beach. Well, you know, th you know that the Philippines has so many islands. My friend immigrated, it, living there, and has this business. He's like, Tracy, you won't like it. The infrastructure is too. Because I'm well, they don't really have fussy. <laughs> like I, he's like, the Wi-Fi's way too slow for you. <laughs> I want the water to work. <laughs> yes, I want the water to work. God damn it. <laughs> like, I don't want to take a shower. It's and free. if I have to, uh, if I work from my laptop, I need electricity. A good. Uh, good Right. Wi-Fi system, right? Yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah. You want to make sure the poles are up. I need the system. So, but anyway, we're not to that point. But I'm feeling safer here now. Okay. The way, like, I'm really, like, scared of what what is going on in the U.S. and the this sort of authoritarian turn it's taken. That like, freedom is the most basic and important human right we have, and I'm watching it being just systematically removed, and I'm like, I. I thought I would go back to California, um, at least, but, but ideally back and forth, you know? And I was doing that before COVID. Don't get me started stuff. Okay, okay. Right, yeah, so, right. um, so I was kind of going back and forth, uh, and also to Australia. Um, you have friends in Australia? I was know? dating a guy in Australia. Okay. So I was going back and forth to Australia and California and working from my laptop. Okay. And that was working out quite well. I was liking that a lot. Nice. So throw an island in there, we're set, right? right. Um, and then, yeah. But um, so I think that's like the goal would not be to like leave Japan, right. per, but to have like... This is one of the satellites. A home the satellite. Yeah, different home bases and not be tied Enjoy to that. one right. place. Okay, let's talk about this subject. The pink cow. How did you come up with that? Was that your idea? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was mostly so I met my ex husband um, at a club in Osaka, and that's why I ended up moving to Tokyo. We started dating long distance, and it was very expensive to go back and forth. And the telephone, that's when they had telephone bills. And, oh, you remember you know, that time? Yeah, unfortunately. So, anyway, um, I, still, like, I ended up staying in Japan because I got married. And I swore I'd never get married unless I married a rock star. Be careful what you wish for. He's a rock so, star. So, yeah, <laughs> married a Japanese, like, guitar hero. Player, like, so we and we were married for, like, 12 years. So Are you still friends? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. He's family. I just don't want him to be okay, married to him. Okay. I, I go, thankfully, thankfully, I'm so glad he got remarried. Did His new wife is fantastic. Did you guys have kids? No, no. Okay. I, I work, like, my focus was community, building this community, and that's what the pink cow was okay. and is. I mean, not as much. I've stepped back quite a bit. Right. But like as an artist and being surrounded by musicians and scientists, which I love science and you know, all the creative minds and new ideas and, and I needed a place to put everybody together and like shake it up, you know, and like see what comes out. 
because that that's what I missed. I thought about going back to get my master's, and so I sent away for information, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to go back to school. I'm actually really glad I fi finished school and I'm doing other stuff. Um, I'm like, so what's missing? Something was really missing when I was living here. And I'm like, it's not academia in and of itself. It's the creativity that surrounds academia and the ideas that surround that. So I'm like, okay, so we just need to make a place. And there were no burritos. So wait, what, do, what is the pink cow? I know, I, wait, let me get my understanding correct. Because I've never been. I've been invited yeah. several times. The pink cow, I'm just guessing from what you've told me today, it's a place where people get together with all different types of creativity, but mostly art and music. Okay. We have quite a lot of science and tech people, too. Are they able to eat there? Yeah, it's a restaurant. That's what I thought it yes. was. That's what the I core business is okay. The core business is a restaurant. And we don't you charge make? for any of the art or music stuff. Oh, I thought stuff you could say you don't charge any for any of the food. I was no. say, oh, they think, they'd like to think so. <laughs> And I have a so problem have a with like so giving the milk tab. away okay. with the cow away okay, with the right, milk right, right. too. That's like so a tell personal me, so, problem. So what is the main? What's the, what's the cuisine you have there? It's we're California Mexican. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's what I miss from home. There were no when we opened in two thousand. So we've been this is twenty three years. Um, we opened in two thousand, and we so there there were there there were no burritos. And I'm like, there's no community center, creative community center for idea creation and, you know, mixing it up and sort of like a mini Studio 54 kind of thing oh, where ooh. people get crazy. You know, oh, you name it, we've done it there. And <laughs> it's not always child appropriate. Now, nowadays, okay. it's just a restaurant. We've Is really, it, yeah, I doubt not time to do that stuff anymore. But it was like an amazing 20 years of doing like craziness. I saw um, you, I saw the body paint. And yeah, that was a big yeah, and the thing. burlesque. And I saw you with your butterfly wings. I saw that. Your angel, your, your, your fairy wings. My fairy I saw ring, that. yeah. And yeah, I've seen some of that. Halloween, you guys tend to seem like you just take over the whole thing. Nobody gets on the trains, they just stay at the pink cow. We just go to the pink cow. Like Babyface's band came and jammed, and like uh, Matt Sorum from Guns N' Roses played, and like we, we've had like a lot of like. I think Shaka Khan's drummer was there, like so. We've had some really amazing people like come through the doors and do some amazing things, you know, like ran, like just sort of organically right, happen. Right, like right, so, right. a lot of it, but it was a lot of work to make the organic stuff happen. Right. And so, working like a hundred hours a week for that many years, I kind of got burnt out. So, what do you think you did that really put the pink cow on the map? When did you feel like? Because at the beginning, I'm sure it had to be kind of hard. Nobody knew what the pink, first of all, you called it a pink cow. And then you talk about burritos, which couldn't have been that popular at the time. Jeremy, what are you talking about? What's a burrito? <laughs> How, when was the moment when you felt like, we're getting some traction here? Well, it's, how, it, how many it, years started on my, it started on my roof balcony. <laughs> so, like, and, and The my, burritos, too? Every, yeah, I used to cook for, like, like, I'd invite 30 people and 100 people would show up. And you up. were married then? Yeah, okay. and my husband was always like he would be at the studio. Oh, but he's famous. Most of he's a time. famous musician yeah. anyway, so he already had a following. Yeah, but they, we didn't. That didn't. No, they didn't come. They, it was my friends that came. Okay, like, so the I just needed cow. to get my friends off of our couch. Oh, I got you. Okay, okay. He just would come home from the studio at five in the morning and go, "Why are your drunk friends always on my couch at five a.m.?" <laughs> okay. He didn't even drink, right? Okay. So. Right. So I'm like, 
And by then, me and my my now business partner, we were we were sharing an art studio, and you know, building stuff and doing exhibitions. And so I'd cater, we'd cater for like my exhibitions. I'd cook for everybody at, when they'd come to the parties. So I'd do this like once or twice a month. Um, and then we'd cater art exhibitions. And then the, the economic advisor at the British Embassy asked us to, who are great art supporters, asked us to come start catering their parties at the embassy. And I'm like, you know, if we, if we, if we open a restaurant, we can get people off my couch, and they can pay for their own stuff. Oh, so you were, you were, you were basically providing all the food. Yeah, they, they were no supposed cost. to bring the booze. And you just provided all the food. Yeah, but then they'd bring one bottle and drink two. So I was like ordering cases. I'm like, I can't afford you people. So <laughs> For what purpose? What was the purpose behind this if you weren't making any Community money? building. That was... But for them, they're thinking something... So you're thinking... Is it Barbecues, you have neighborhood barbecues. I understand, I understand that, I understand that, I understand that. You know what, the neighborhood But they're thinking one thing, you're thinking something else. Saying, so, okay, yeah, I had a the, barbecue. was thinking, where are we going to eat tonight? They said, where's Tracy? <laughs> it's so true. They would, it was community. For me, it was community. I know, they, they, they like knew that. So. my version of, and we had a barbecue. Like, I would be barbecuing, and my friends but would all help your food with that. Was, and, they'd, yeah. help you, they'd help you, but they'd say, okay, I like mine yeah. <laughs> more. But it was all your meat. I didn't like to work the barbecue, It was all your meat. So, you know, well, some people would be nice and bring stuff. Okay. And I'd put out a box and say, you know, chuck some donation in the box to help pay okay, for the right, food right. and stuff. But it was still expensive. So when did you get your traction when you felt like... But my grandparents were like that. It was always an open-door policy. It's an Italian thing, know, right, you know? Right, right, right. Where right. these people come, you feed them. Right. We, we want to be with Tracy. Yeah, I know. So, but this has been a problem in business. It doesn't work that well when you're trying to make it into a business. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> So when did you get your traction? When did it hit? When you felt like, wow, this is... I, I, I felt like, I always felt like we did, from day one, we did amazing, great things, that's but cool. we never made money at it. Okay. Um, so that's something that still sort of like, that's why we scaled down to a small place that's more manageable. Because um, I just think the restaurant business is really hard. Uh, and it, we had a, it was amazing things we did but it's like okay there's a time and a place for everything now it's time to make some money so i'm just kind of shifted my focus more to um back to another you know great passion of mine which is cryptocurrency and uh freedom money the nice thing about that tracy when you talk about making money is this it's not the money that you want what it is is what it can be exchanged for. Absolutely. So you can do the more freedom. what you enjoy doing. Yeah, the freedom. You want to help and you want to feed more and people, people and you want to create more of a community. Absolutely. And you can do it if you have more capital. That's why it's important. The, the more and more debt we took on as a business, the, the less I couldn't you help couldn't people and do that community right. projects. That's when I realized I need to put on my own oxygen mask first and I need to you know, focus on bringing some capital into this picture so that I can actually do the things that are important. We need more good people to have money. You know? And also, you help the people that are coming into that make more money. And then pretty soon you have a community of people that are in the flow so you can enjoy doing more of what you like doing anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it can just build from there. But it is an inside-outside proposition. It's not outside-in. Yes, yeah. In that way. Tracy, before I end this podcast, there's a question I like to ask everyone. And I'm glad you haven't seen any of them, so you don't know what the question is. I don't. Oh, my God. 
Knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time and meet the younger Tracy and give her advice, how old would she be and what advice would you give her? When you start listening to society telling you what you should think and how you should do, it's probably around six years old. So probably go back to that six year old and say, don't listen to other people. You gotta follow your own instincts and your own real life destiny and life path, which I think I've done a lot of, you know? But there's also been a lot of stress of being scared if I've done the right thing or what I'm doing or where I'm going. There still is to a certain extent. I think that's part of life. But that, I think that would have saved a lot of mental anguish and stress to just trust that your universal path, your, this is taking, if you listen to yourself, it will take you where you need to be. That's you know? beautiful. Thank you so much, Tracy. Oh, thank you for inviting thank me. You. It's oh, absolutely no. my pleasure. No, I enjoyed it. I it just really, can't, really nice. I'm sure we have met, maybe it was at Chamber of Commerce, like, 25 years ago or, or something. Or maybe it was in our dreams. It could have been. You know, because uh, yeah, astral, astral project. Yes, right? I do. There I you can. go. There you go. That must I've have been, been it. I've done it once for sure, I know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all on loan. So continue to reach for the stars. Because you're too blessed to be stressed.